Brett, let me ask you this. Did you think it was possible to even add another defenseman to the roster, given I, the state of the Hurricanes? Quite honestly, I thought the CBA rules dictated that they had too many defensemen already. And then they just went ahead and signed another one. So, But speaking of CBA, let's quick get into that. Um, the NHL deciding not to reopen the collective bargaining agreement, meaning at least labor piece through the 2022-23 season, if I'm correct. I think it's 21-22, I think. So, at least at least not next season. Yeah, at least one more. couple seasons. So, I mean, let's not get too excited, but... Um, it's a good first things, step. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, a good first step, and, you know, it's kind of the impending doom, and when you see these players like Tyler Myers sign the contracts they do, you would have kind of thought they would look to reopen the CBA, but... Um, no, I mean, I, I think that was a good move. I think I that was a good the, move. I thought the league was going to fold and go out of business when Tyler Myers signed that deal, honestly. It's it's only a matter of time. I don't can know how anyone Justin can Fox sus- gonna get? Yeah, and I, can't, I don't know how anyone can sustain Shea Weber's contract. I mean, it's just, geez. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> no, every year it just seems like, you know, there's, there's one guy that gets overpaid, and then when the good player gets a great deal, like Jay Gardner got with the Canes, then the whole entire entire like NHL is just like, oh my god, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> because especially when you it's compare it to a, a, a contract like Myers or anything like that. But like anyways. The deal Kevin Hayes got. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I it's a, it's unbelievable that he's only started. like a mil, what, a mil and a half away from Sebastian Ajo? Yeah, a mil and that's, a half. That's unbelievable. <laughs> The Flyers, like they're you know they're just right there with the young talent they have. Carter Hart, Provorov, I mean, just like a ton of good young talent, and then they do things like that, yeah. And it just amazes you every single time. But it's expected of them. It but is expected of them. You know, it's expected of Hurricanes players at this point, Brett. To be at training camp. Absolutely. Wow. And you were there too. So was the first few days, yeah. Talk a little bit about what you saw and any standouts. Um, obviously, Luke Henman, Jameson Reese, and Blake Murray were sent back to their respective junior league clubs. But uh, you just tell me a little bit about what you saw and how pumped are you to be that hockey's back? Um, so I'll start with my excitement for hockey. Uh, I thought I was really excited. And then last night, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, like you said. Uh, in the open, but last night was a Monday, and it was the first preseason games, and I was like, oh, wow, hockey's back. I'm going to go watch some preseason games. Uh, I watched it for about eight minutes, and I was like, all right, that's enough of preseason hockey. I don't know any (laughs) of those people. Like, they're just, they're made-up people with made-up last names, and I don't know who they are, and the only person I recognize, well, not the only person, I'm exaggerating, but the biggest name I recognized was Tom Wilson in the Capitals game. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch Tom Wilson on a Monday night in season <laughs> hockey. I'm just not going to do that. Not trying to ruin my day. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. So that's how excited I am for hockey. Um, it was more entertaining uh, sitting at PNC Arena and watching the the Hurricanes in, in training camp and – talking to them and Robert Nemore after the sessions. And so far, it's been nothing crazy. I think it's pretty much exactly what you expect from the first few days of training camp. Um, people are asking about lines, even though the lines mean absolutely nothing. Um, people uh, want to know if, you know, 
Dezingle, is he really going to stay with Ajo and Niederreiter? I mean, he's on their line the first two days of training camp, so obviously that's going to stay the same, but, you know, uh, probably not. Maybe, but maybe not. We'll find out in about three weeks. Um, uh, outside of interesting line looks, I mean, the new guys look good. Dezingle's fast. Eric Hall is really fast. They're fast individuals. Um... Hayden Fleury is entering a really big year. I wrote a piece about how he is trying to up his intensity and try to be meaner on the ice and, and carve out that kind of role for himself. Uh, if he can do that, he'll be uh, in good shape. But if he's not going to do that and he doesn't improve and look ready to be a full-time guy, then there's players right on his tail that are going to really give him trouble, including Frederick Clayson, who... You know, uh, Brenda Moore said that he's a different kind of defenseman in that he he's, you know, a stay-at-home guy, but he's mean, he's he's intense, he's, you know, not afraid to play physical, even though he's not the biggest guy. But um, Clayson's looked good, and I, it's good to have him, but you look at the uh, depth chart. I, I tweeted about this earlier. There's probably 12 defensemen who could reasonably play in the NHL under contract right now so that's a lot uh, they have nine pl- defensemen under contract who played in 29 or more nhl games last season um that's you know the regular top six plus gardner and clayson and forsling so that's a lot of guys and there's only six spots for defensemen as you may be aware and so some some interesting days might come up as the preseason schedule starts tonight as we're talking and well the i'll be at the game covering it on wednesday when they play tampa um so it'll be interesting to see who looks good in those games and all that stuff but it's still very early on um but yeah it's there's there's just a lot of players and you know as as the roster starts to get trimmed down a little bit the junior players go back you know some of the guys that you know aren't going to make the team or or sent to charlotte or wherever uh that's when i think the big intense final push starts and you get a longer look at guys like natchez or forsling or clayson or all these you know guys that have have a chance to 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 make the team so it'll be interesting to watch for sure yeah i i think you know the forwards is are pretty much set in my opinion um maybe a little tweaking in that fourth line depending on which direction they decide to go um martin natchez i think it's safe to say he's making the roster this year so that's definitely something to watch um i mean his one timer is fantastic i'm sure you've seen it yeah and after was it day two i think it was day two after the sessions he was for probably three or four straight minutes, just nonstop getting feeds from the left circle. And I, I mean, I watched Charlotte in the playoffs and during the season last year, and it's something that he's gotten better and better at, and it looks to be a real weapon. And I mean, man, that if, if he can bring what he brings and has always brought at every level he's played at, um, that aspect to the power play, then that's an even better case for him to to be on the team from the get-go i think he's ready to go and that's a big big weapon 
Yeah, and, and something with Charlotte, he started a little bit slow, and it just you could see the confidence build, and just everything was starting to click more and more as the season went on, and you saw how much of an important asset he became. So I think he may experience something like that as he goes to Raleigh. You know, the, the jumps in the NHL can be tough, but I think within those first 15 games, you might start seeing him roll. So Yeah, um, and, and what's I, good about Brindamore is that he'll let you – go out there and make mistakes as long as they aren't mistakes of you know a lack of effort or a lack of you know desperation if you're going out there and playing hard and you're a young guy like Natchez he's gonna let you work through that I think he showed that uh with a lot of the roster especially early in in the first half of last season there were a lot of points where he could have you know made some decisions with players but that's a young team and they have to learn while they're while they're playing and they eventually you know turn into that team that we saw in the second half so yeah um i, I think another yeah as you said another storyline to watch is the defense situation um i i get nervous when you mention you know high praise for guys like clayson or you know a forsling or something like that i the abundance i don't want to get lost in the fact that Sometimes those stay-at-home defensemen are not positive possession players, or um, you know, add any type of offensive capabilities. That's why Brad um, Pesci is so extremely good and valuable. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I think that you know, the NHL has changed because you know a few years ago Tim Gleason was that guy, and he was a stay-at-home guy. He added that extra bit of grit, as you said, and I just think that the NHL is just changing in a way, and I don't think. You know, especially with a guy like Tolsky in the front office, I don't think they're bringing in too many of those players. But looking at Clayson and Forsling stats, they're just not as on par as, mm-hmm. you know, some of those possession guys like Slavin and, and Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a lot to ask for players like them. But, um, yeah, I just don't want us to to sacrifice, especially in that last pairing, you know, just a player that's, you know, going to get lost out there. For so, sure. And, and um, I think that... Um... I think that obviously the days of just having big guys who can't do anything but can be aggressive, obviously, I think those days are gone. And I think when you find a player like Furlan last year who is good at other stuff but was also good at that, and it was just a piece of the puzzle. And I think when you can find guys like that who can do like lots of different stuff but can also bring that aspect, I think that's where it gets valuable. And if, if Hayden Fleury can... I'm... I, it, it might not even be like the physicality. I think it's just what he was talking about was the intensity and, and trying to be totally locked in for the entirety of a game. And he said that he struggled with that in the past. And, you know, I think part of that is the physicality. I think if he's more locked in and more intensely focused on the game, I think he's going to be more physical. Um, and with a guy like him, he, you know, I think you're wanting him to kind of fill the role of a Calvin Dahan who can be very, you know, um, secure in his own end. And if he can bring that physicality to him as well, I think that ups his value, you know. So, uh, like you said, it's, it's not something that's nearly as important as it used to be. Um, but if you can get guys who can do that, I mean, we see, we saw last year that it can make a, a positive impact if you can get a guy who 
is good at hockey and then can also bring that stuff as an added bonus. Yeah, for sure. Um, another camp headline to watch in terms of the defense is Justin Falk, of course, um, blocking a trade to Anaheim. Uh, kind of the rumor was, um, you know, he would go there, but uh, no contract in place. And I don't know if that means that in the discussions, Anaheim wasn't willing to give him one. So that's why he wasn't willing to waive the no trade clause just yet. Um, this situation's going to be fluid, I think, as, as we continue along. I don't think he's gone by the opener by any measure. Um, Neither do I. I, I think it's either going to be a weird situation where you get a random December night or something and he's gone all of a sudden, or this could end up lasting until the trade deadline. And at that point, I, I still see value in, in trading him um, you know, everybody loves right-handed defense, and you know that's the big thing around the league. So to get a guy like Falk would be good for any competitor. But on a team that can compete this year, maybe you don't want to move him out. But then you get the risk of letting him walk for nothing, of course. Um, how do you see this situation panning out? This is tougher. Um, obviously, this is a guy who Robert Nemore likes a lot, the team likes a lot. Uh, that's clear. I mean, we've been on this podcast for years, uh, or a year. No, it's year. It's, I think well, it's years Well, now, the podcast right? <laughs> has been on for years, but with this specific subject, um, we've been going on for a long time about how trading Falk would be a good idea. Um, right now, I'm not sure if it is, um, which is weird to say, I know. But when you look at this team and – you know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk likely isn't going to be totally ready for opening night. So I that's why I don't think they're going to trade Falk before the opener. Uh, unless they get the deal that they can't turn down, which in the case of Anaheim was Andre Cache and Falk in Anaheim. It was up to Falk and Anaheim to agree on terms to a deal. And Falk wanted his contract. And, you know, he's not going to waive the no trade clause if he doesn't get the deal he wants, obviously. Why would he? So... This thing kind of keeps going, and so let's just say, hypothetically, what if you trade Falk and you bring back a forward? Um, you you obviously, for years, this team has been, you know, on the, you need to trade a defenseman for a forward thing, and if the Rask trade hadn't happened last year, then obviously I think one of the defensemen would have been traded for a forward by now, but... They got the player they needed for so long from Victor Rask, which is still amazing to me, by the way. That yeah. they were just passing by that subject. Um, so now, if you trade for a defenseman, or if you trade a defenseman for a forward, obviously Falk in this situation, if, if you do that, you're looking at pushing out and blocking, again, a guy like Martin Natchez. Because if you trade for a top nine guy, I just don't think there's enough room for Natchez. And especially after you added Haula and Dezingle and, you know, you're looking at this team, you're running out of room quick. And I'm not sure if it's the smartest decision to block Natchez again. Um, I think he, he needs to play. I think he's ready for the NHL. And I think it's about that time where he needs to 
to get the chance and to get put in a role where he's getting real minutes and getting power play time and is able to contribute. Uh, unlike last year where he was getting eight minutes a night and, you know, he couldn't do much. So, you know, he's been skating with, I think, Howla and Fogel. I think that would be a really interesting line to see in action. Uh, and I think we'll see it tomorrow night if uh, I, th- I think I'm correct. Um, assuming they go with that line combination, but I think they're playing tomorrow night in that group, um, which would be Wednesday night, if you're listening to this later, which you are. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure if trading Falk for four now makes a lot of sense because I really think they need to give Natchez the chance to play. And if you enter opening night with um, Falk on the back end and Natchez up front, I mean, that's to me, is a better option than trading Falk for a guy who would play in the same role as Natchez, but maybe they're a veteran, and in that case, you'd be blocking Natchez still another year of blocking him out of the NHL, and at what point do you reach the, you know, where you're, the point where you're at, okay, should we just trade Natchez now? Because if you're going to keep blocking him, you're going to hurt his development, and you might as well trade him, you know, so. Yeah. I, 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 for now, I think you wait and see how Natchez plays and you keep Falk and you just have a really good defense and you go from there. And if a few, a month or two into the season, Natchez is really bad or whatever, I don't think he would be, but at that point, then maybe you start to think about options or whatever. But I think for now, I think the best option is sticking with what you got. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think you roll the dice and just just see how it plays out, um, which is why the defense is so interesting. Um, last little bit on on goaltending. I mean, given at the end of last year, pretty much everyone was saying, "Oh, Nedeljkovic is going to get his shot at the number two uh, behind whatever the starter is." Uh, contracts got a little weird with Mrazek and then McElhinney, and then they finally got Mrazek done, and McElhinney moves on. Uh, but with James Reimer there. Do you think we see Alex Nedeljkovic at all this year? I think they'll see him at some point. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure though. If because I think the start of the year, I think the favorite right now has to be Reimer. Uh, we'll see in preseason though. I think tonight in Tampa they're going with Reimer and Forsberg, which would lead me to believe that tomorrow they're probably and they're bringing Helvig with them which would lead me to believe that tomorrow we're going to see Mrazek and Nedeljkovic maybe split that game. Uh, we'll see how that all works out. But, um, yeah, I, I think they likely start with Reimer unless Nedeljkovic blows him away in preseason, which is entirely like or entirely possible. Um, obviously, you watch more checkers than I did or most of the people watching most likely what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Nedeljkovic should he start the year in Charlotte like or is Reimer being in Carolina negative for for him and what he needs to do to get where he needs to go yeah I, I think Reimer does hold Nedeljkovic back a little bit in this situation um I think that you know it it was you had to get rid of Scott Darling that was a focus there um, and yeah. they knew they were going to have to take salary back. But taking another goaltender that's still under contract, and it just it made thing, it complicated things for sure. Um, but I think that gives Nadalkovich even more fuel to the fire. 
uh, in terms of you know going out and proving, hey, I'm either a the goalie of the future or b a very suitable backup. Um, I would have liked to see him a little bit more this year. I don't think that's going to be the case unless they, you know, the market opens up and there's a big time need for goaltending, and you know, Reimer is is needed elsewhere. Um, so I I don't think we see him in too many games, barring a injury or whatnot. Um, again, I, I told you I haven't been 100% sold on him, but I think he at least deserves a shot, at least like a 10 games this year or, you know, or something like that, even if he was the backup, just the backup to Mrazic. But I, I think it gets tricky. And, yeah, and barring an injury or a moving of Reimer, I think that, you know, he only gets maybe two or three games, if if that. So I think he could see some games. I think the... The way Mrazek plays goal, I think he's more susceptible to getting injured. I think we saw that a couple of times last year. And, you know, if if and when that does happen, I mean, I hope it doesn't. I don't think anybody wants someone to get injured. But in the very real possibility that Mrazek will have to, you know, like he has like a groin injury or something that he has to miss like three or four games for. Um, in that case, you'd see Nedeljkovic and he'd come up. And I, I think he'll... I think he'll get a chance. I think he would have gotten more of a chance last year because remember how many games did Darling play? Like seven or eight? And, you know, in this hypothetical situation, those games would maybe go to Nadelkovich, you know? So I could see that I could see potentially all three of them getting in on some games. And then Forsberg sits and, and watches and is sad. Yeah. I, I don't think Forsberg fits anywhere into their plans. I, I still don't understand that move. Um, I mean, I understand now moving Calvin DeHaan, but to take back another goalie yeah, and then the Reimer thing, thought, it just, yeah. Who, who would have thought after that trade that a few months later, we're sitting here like you should have gotten less for DeHaan. What were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please just six round picks only. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, hurricanes preseason kicks off kind of the, uh, the B team, more or less, outside of Brett Pesci. Uh, so Hayden not... Fleury? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, um, fair. Forsling um, will be in the building. Forsberg will be in the building. Yeah. Not, Pe- not, not gonna Peter. Play. Suzuki's yeah. going to play. Suzuki. That would be a guy to watch. Yeah. Good Good to see him get some games, for sure. And not just be sent back automatically. Uh, he'll probably been, make... That would have been you bad. Think he makes... Could you imagine if he's he... instantly cut, like Hedman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty oh, good. Like, um, like do you Sorella think he makes year. it through the next wave? Do you think he makes it through the next wave? Of, of cuts? Or do you think he's... Depends how big the cuts are. If, if they cut... I mean, he's not making the roster, obviously. But just wondering how long they keep him. Uh, I think he'll play in maybe two preseason games. So hmm. I think he'll... I think he'll probably play... He'll play that game in Tampa, and I think he'll play probably the game in Washington or the game home against Nashville or something along those lines. So I think he'll play in two, and then he'll go back. All right. Now uh, we move on to our previews. Uh, We're going to start with the Western Conference. Uh, We typically do this a little bit differently um, around this year since – we only have a few more weeks until the start of the season. So we'll do Western Conference this week, Eastern Conference next week, and then just a Carolina Hurricanes-focused preview as we get a clearer picture of where the roster is three weeks from now. 
Yeah. So. Because in three weeks, I mean, Falk could be gone. Um, you know, Aho could, you know, go on strike and demand that he play in Montreal. All yes. anything could happen. That's true. That's true. Uh, and we will have a guest on to help dissect it with us. But again, we will tease that guest. So, um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, what are some teams that stand out to you in terms of moves they made over the offseason? Um, and let's, as a general picture, do you think the Western Conference poses any a bigger threat than the Eastern Conference this year? Um, maybe. I, the West, it's just so unexciting, the Western Conference. Like, all the off-season stuff happened in the East, so the West is just kind of, like, there. Um, Nashville getting Duchesne, obviously, I think it's a big deal. I mean, Nashville's going to be good. Nashville's always good now. Uh, Vegas is going to be good. Mark Stone's first full season uh, in Vegas should be pretty good. I mean, what's also making this tough is, like, half the players in the NHL are RFAs that aren't signed, so we don't know how long that's going to last. Um, I like Colorado a lot. I like Nashville a lot. I like Vegas a lot. Um, I think I think Vancouver is going to be good. I think they're going to maybe surprise some people. I like Furlan being in in that group it's it's very similar to what Furling came into last year with Carolina and he's going to be playing with some very good players like he did in Carolina St. Louis yeah. will make another push Arizona will be fun to watch potentially with Phil Kessel um, Clayton Keller got that big extension uh, so yeah those are probably the teams that I'm most excited to watch uh, Dallas too so yeah, I'm I'm interested to watch all of those teams and see if they are good or not in in the Western Conference, which is just a little a little boring. Yeah, um, I think Vegas stands out to me. Uh, I think they can get back to being the threat they were in their first um, season, <laughs> which is very strange to say about an expansion team. Um, it's their third season now. They're old news. Yeah, they're old now. Um, like the Statsny, Pacioretty, you know, I mean, they they have a really solid offensive team and Marcia So and uh, William Carlson on a good deal now. So I, I think Vegas, yeah, definitely one to watch. And with Nashville, the addition of Duchesne kind of takes their offense to a different level. Um this is neither Duchesne of a few years ago. I think that to temper expectations for him, I think he's a 55 to 65 point player this year. I think he's um, 65 to 75. Ooh, okay. I'm a little higher on him than you. A little higher. Okay. Is that like playing with Arvidsson or, or what do you see there? Forsberg? Yeah, Forsberg, I guess. Yeah. But uh, Dallas, interesting. I like... I think I like their veteran additions more than you do. Um, Pavelski, I, like I think Pavelski. Gives, the other guy I, think, I don't like as much. Pavelski gives them a great edge uh, in terms of the leadership aspect, and uh, he still can play. He can yeah, still play. Yeah. He's old, but you know he can still play. And as for Corey Perry, yes, it's uh, tough yeah. that he's 
coming off some injuries. Um, but I think they gave him a very good team-friendly contract and a, a prove-it deal. And you know historically around the NHL that a lot of players are very good on prove-it deals. And then that's when well, people yeah, get sucked into to signing to them to longer extensions that end up being crap. So, Corey Perry um, can't skate. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, the Western Conference look, is like I don't 15 like Corey years Perry as a human. I think that the way he plays the game is just, ugh. but uh, I think you give him a shot. I think he could put up eh, 30, 40 points. Is that crazy? I don't know. I mean, I if know. he can stay healthy, maybe. Yeah. He has to stay so, healthy. Um, yeah, Dallas is still a threat. I still like Ben Bishop and Nett. Um, I think they, they, they're respective. And as for Winnipeg, a guy that I mean, when we started this podcast, or excuse me, not a guy, a team, uh, more or less, <laughs> that uh, when we started this podcast, you and Kyle were like super high on them. It's yeah. Stanley Cup or bust, and they've fallen short, especially last year. Um, so now that Patrick Line and Kyle Connor might not even be there to start the year, it could get tricky. It could get tricky. Um, I still think they have a lot of good talent in Shifley. Hellebuck. Um, so I, I think that Winnipeg still stays competitive. Um, the clear losers, I think, so far are definitely L.A. is just not there yet. And that's fine. They're going through a rebuild. And um, they're doing really well turning their prospect pool around. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just within the past few years, it's been drastic. Um, Minnesota, don't really know what they're doing. They have no clear picture. And now they added Bill Guerin as their GM, and I fear that he's stuck in the old days and not moving towards the new NHL. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I don't think that's a hot take, is it? Maybe? I don't Listen, know. I, I don't know about – I, I know right nothing in, about Bill Guerin. He comes right in and signs uh, Spurgeon to a long-term extension. Jared Spurgeon is a pretty good underrated defenseman in the league, but I, I just don't know if you sign that deal if you're going to compete. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. So, I, I'm Steel, sold on so them. Good. And so yeah. is Pesci's, oh, my goodness. It, and Terravinen's. And Ajo's, for that matter. Thanks, Mark Bergevin. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Bergevin. Thanks, Um Chicago, another team that I see is still going to struggle, I believe. Um, to bring it, you're still going to have a competitive Patrick Kane who's going to put up 90 points on a team that's probably going to miss An the playoffs. Easy 90. He'll put up 120, yeah. and they'll finish 10 points out. <laughs> Yep, so I, I think it's just more the state of the roster around them and the aging defensemen they have. Um, yeah, Robin Lehner. Yeah, Lehner, Lehner gives them a better advantage than an unhealthy Corey yeah. Crawford in a Cam Ward. aging Cam Ward. But um, I just don't know. I'm not. I'm still not sold on them. I still think it's another year that they're going to be out of the picture. Um, and clearly, lastly, the Ducks are pretty much a wrap to not make the playoffs don't think that's a hot take at all. Um, they're they're struggling with health. Uh, Kessler out for the year. Eves out for the year. Yeah, um, you lose Perry. You don't really add too much. Um, I guess if you they're add Justin Falk, that makes your defense look better. But they're going young. Um, yeah, they're going young. And unfortunately, as I will say again, they are wasting John Gibson's prime. So oh, yeah. it's just great. Just great. Um, Gibson's great. He'll seal them. Here's what, like, when you're rebuilding and you have, like, a world-class goalie, that's tough. Because <laughs> yeah. he's going to steal you some games that would 
would have gotten you a higher draft pick. That's why they should have been traded to Carolina, like Justin said. Yes. <laughs> I'm still on the uh, John Gibson to Carolina train, but that train looks like it's left the station. Anyways, let's go ahead and get into some predictions. Um, a look at the standings from last year will tell you that Nashville, Winnipeg, and St. Louis were the spots for the Central, and for the Pacific was Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, and the two wildcard spots went to Dallas and Colorado. Uh, with that said, how do you see the divisions shaping up this year? Okay, so Central, I'm going to go with Nashville. This isn't um, necessarily in order. I think these are just the three. No, 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 no. Give, give, me, give me an order oh. of what you think. Yeah, come on. This is Damn we gotta pen our we gotta pen these in. We can't pencil these in. We gotta if we're bold, we're bold, and that's that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Nashville one. Uh, then I'm gonna go St. Louis two. Colorado three, and. And then I'm going to go Winnipeg 4, I think. So Winnipeg, in this case, would be a wildcard team? Or do you think that I two th- spots go to the Pacific? No, they'll be a wildcard team. Um, okay, so I have four there. Now let me do my Pacific, and I'll get back to you about that other wildcard spot. I'm going to give Calgary... Uh, wait, I have to do this in order. Uh, um... I'm going to go Vegas 1. I'm going to go I'm going to go Calgary not Calgary. Vegas 1, San Jose 2, Calgary 3, Pacific Pacific um Pacific and then and then I think my second wild card is going to be I think we go back to the central and I'm going to go with Dallas. Okay. You went safe. You went safe. I went so. very safe. Those, I think those might have been the teams that made it last year. <laughs> yeah, just about. Um, mine are a little bit different. I'm going to go Preds 1 in the Central. Good pick. Av- Avalanche 2nd in the pick. Central. And then Blues 3rd in the Central. Actually, so I want that your... too. I want that too, actually. You I can't. I, I no, I said no, no, no. Pend it I, in. You no. can't pencil. No, all right. Okay. Well, in my... In my record book that I keep handy next to me, <laughs> I put Colorado second. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. So we both agree. Preds first, Avs second, Blues third. Yes. Yes. Now, my Pacific is different than yours. I will take the Sharks first. Okay. I will follow that up with the Golden Knights second. All right. So we flip flop there. Now, here comes the third, and it's going to be way different than yours. I'm ready to go all in. I think it's their time. I'm oh, going no. with the Coyotes third. Wow, okay. I'm going with the Yotes third. I think the Flames are going to struggle. <laughs> Goaltending, eh. Riddish doesn't impress me. Smith's gone. So, uh, I, I don't know. And if Kachuk doesn't start the year on time, there goes a big chunk of your top six. I don't like so, the Calgary pick anymore either. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. I an aging, don't an like aging Giordano? An aging Giordano? I, I don't know. I'm just not sold on him. I mean, Mon- you know Monaghan and Goudreau are going to bring it, but what if that's kind of like the tandem in, in Chicago where, okay, Patrick or Kane brings Edmonton? it. But, 
Yeah, so Edmonton, yeah, Dreisaitl's going to put up 40. McDavid's going to hit 100 points. I can guarantee you that, but I don't think, yeah, I just, I'm just not sold on the Flames this year. So going back, my wild card one spot is going to be the Dallas Stars, I will take. And I will, oh, second wild card spot's big. I will put, uh, I'll put the Jets there. I'll put the Jets there. Okay, I, don't think they, okay. I don't think they blow anybody out of the water, but it's too safe, especially because I believe they'll get something done with Patrick Line and Kyle Connor. Um, now, if it's a situation like a Nylander situation, they're out till December. This looks way different. I don't think the Jets are that much of a threat compared without the two. I know Line yeah. struggled last year, but Kyle Connor is a very, very good player, and I think Line will bounce back. I'm not too concerned. Um, but if not, wait, if wait, that's wait, the wait, case, wait. I'd move the Flames there. Okay. Um, I did this all off the top of the head, so that's my excuse. I am going to remove Calgary, and I have the same thing going with you. Like if the if the Jets are like without their most important players forever, then I could see Calgary moving in. This is gonna be my hot take here. Your hot take was Arizona. Um, that's good for you. Uh oh. Um, in Uh-oh. third place in the Pacific. I'm taking Vancouver. No way. No I'm way. I knew Canucks. he was doing it. I knew he was doing I'm it. I'm taking Vancouver, oh. third in the Pacific, and making the playoffs. Now is go. that just now is that just a Peterson absolute tear year that gives them that spot? No, no. Or do I, you think I the like rest the of the young talent around it? I really like the Canucks. I think Quinn Hughes is gonna be great. Tyler Myers, make all the jokes you want about his contract. He's a good addition. Um, Markstrom, I think, is going to be good. You have Demko coming up. You have you have guys like you know Nikolai Goldobin who needs to prove it. Um, you know, I you know they add Furland. I really like Furland on that team. I I just I think Vancouver is going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be the third seed, the third seed in the Pacific. And uh, there you go. That's my hot take. Yours is Arizona. Mine is Vancouver. Yep. I I don't know. I th- I think either team can can turn the page. According um, to Money Arizona, Puck, according to Money Puck, Arizona has a what, like a sixty five percent better or not sixty five point six five percent chance better than Vancouver. So that's a slightly hotter take on my end. According Fair. to Money Puck. Fair. Um, but I Arizona, like Arizona finished four points out. Vancouver finished nine points out. So, yeah. and Arizona, the problem down the stretch was they went three, five, and two in their last ten games, and they had a chance. That's what hurt them. Yeah, they. I think they could have even knocked Colorado out of that spot and surprised a lot of people. But yeah. the difference was Arizona three, five, and two in the last ten. Colorado seven, one, and two in the last ten. So that that's what a big difference. That was a big divider. So. Um, yeah, Arizona was right there. Vancouver maybe turned the page. I like it. I, I like remember, it. Um, I remember Colorado and Arizona had a really good game late in the year. It was a game that was one to one and went to overtime, and then Colorado won, and that was a huge, huge win for them. Uh, those were some good games down the stretch. So, yeah, I, I like the Arizona pick. I'm just gonna go with Vancouver. All right. I respect it. Um, Thank you. And is that a podcast? 
I think that's a podcast. Yes, it is. All right. So make sure to follow Kane's Country at Kane's Country on Twitter, at Kane's Country Picks, that's P-I-X, on Instagram. You can like Kane's Country on Facebook, and you can also follow Brett Finger at... Brett underscore Finger. On Twitter. Uh, it's not really an Instagram guy, so... And no, I don't know. Neither, no. neither am I. Neither am I. So don't follow me. You'll just be disappointed. I haven't posted in like I have a to year and a half. People for them to follow me on Instagram, <clears throat> and if you follow me or try to follow me, I'm declining. Don't even do it. Wow. Also, I, don't I just ever get a bunch of spam app, accounts. So actually, I, I, I don't even open it ever. So uh, if wow. you request it, I'll never even look at it. Wow. So. All right. So he wants nothing of your Instagram. <laughs> And you can't slide into his DMs there because guess what? He won't answer you. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, yeah, and the my last picture I posted on there was of my niece being born. She is now o- over a year and a half. So <laughs> that's, oh, wow. that should show you where I'm uh, at. I'm, I'm not very active there either. So, But you can also follow me on Twitter at LankyLape. Um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe and... Tell your friends about it. It's a good podcast. It's a great podcast. All right. We got some good episodes coming up too. So and they, we got Eastern Conference, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the season opening one. And we got some. We're gonna have a good. We're gonna have a good year. We're gonna have a few more guests um, this year than we did last, and of course a consistent basis. Um, yes. But yes, please, please review us okay. on iTunes wow. because if you don't do that, then what's the point? How how good will we know that we are? So, five stars. Come on. You know it's true. Anyways. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. You guys have a great week. And goodbye. Goodbye.